0: Eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. This is Liam Hendricks, and you're watching Crosstown Crosstalk on the Barroom Network.
1: Some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised.
0: Every summer in Chicago, The sunshine spotlights the city's spectacular skyline. It's luxurious lakeshore. Marvelous monuments. And the over 200 neighborhoods in the city. And it also brings to light two of the greatest sports franchises in the world. On the north side, it's the Cubs. On the south side, it's the White Sox. This is... Crosstown, crosstalk. Hello, and welcome to another very exciting episode of Crosstown, Crosstalk, presented by the Barroom Network. My name is Vinny Parisi, and every single time I've been watching that intro, just sitting here waiting for the show to start for like a year and a half now, over that, longer than that, wow. I don't know, we're over two years now, and... I love it every single time. So credit to the great Aldo Gandia for the great intro. Never really talked about it too much on this show. Um, I think White Sox Dave complimented it one time when we went live with him a couple of years ago. But other than that, I think that intro doesn't get the the praise that it deserves. Credit to Aldo Gandia. What a legend. Guys, huge news since the last time I was on the airwaves of the Barroom Network on a baseball show. I didn't get too much into it yesterday on yes on Bar Down Talking Hockey which you should go back and listen to right now. Um, that show became kind of expired an hour after it ended because Austin Matthews signed a huge contract, but we'll get into that next week. Um, since the last time I was on to talk baseball Monday night, South Burbs-Hitman, we had no clue that anything big was coming by the end of the week. Of course, I'm talking about, if you live under a rock, the firing of Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams, the Chicago White Sox, made that move on Wednesday night. And – no, that would be Tuesday night. And just insane, insane moves. I mean, all season long, I'm thinking like, okay, the White Sox are really going to run it back next year after this abysmal season that they've had. Um, you know, basically from the middle of last season forward – they no, the middle of two years ago, really, forward – they've just started to slowly but surely decline. They were slightly above average in post all-star of 2021 and then got shelled in the playoffs by the Houston Astros. And then in 2022, they were just average all season long. And they ended up with quite literally the most average record you can have in major league baseball of 81 and 81. And there were some changes made in the offseason. Tony LaRusso resigned, you know, due to health reasons. And they made some changes to the, coaching staff and there were some player changes Jose Abreu moved on to the Houston Astros and you know we saw Carlos Rodon leave the year prior Um, lots of changes with the Chicago White Sox from that little uh, amazing 2021 season for the most part until the playoffs rolled around Um, and then here we are in 2023 and they are one of the worst teams in Major League Baseball and I'm sitting here like You know, we're hearing rumors about how Rick Hahn and Williams, they're going to be back next year. And not only are they going to be back, they think they're going to contend. And I'm like, how ignorant do you have to be to actually think that the White Sox are going to contend next year? I mean, look at this roster. And what about them do you think is going to contend next year? First of all, Mike Clevenger has probably been the best pitcher on the staff. And that's a problem because he's a shitbag human being. And he's certainly not going to be back next year. I'd be stunned if he's back next year. Um, so that leaves you with Dylan Cease um, and Michael Kopech as guys who you're like certain that are going to be in the rotation next year. And Dylan Cease, he's declined this year. Like, I, I'm not even going to say he's been like a drop off from last year. It's a straight up decline. And um, you know, it makes you wonder, like, OK, we see Lance Lynn. He's gone on to the Los Angeles Dodgers, a team notorious for getting the most out of their players and making them better. And he's been sick. We've seen that happen to multiple other pitchers. Really the only person who's a position player or pitcher who's left town since the trade deadline that got worse was Giolito. And he went to the one team I'd rather be a fan of less than the White Sox, and that's the Angels. We will get to them at the end of the show. Um, But, I mean, for the most part, whoever has left the White Sox, I mean, Jake Berger has been magnificent in Miami. He's been even better than the elite hitter offensive powerhouse that he was in Chicago he's been even better with the Marlins and it just goes to show that there's significant issues with this White Sox team and they made a big change now the problem is we're all excited about this big change nobody wanted to see Rick Hahn or Kenny Williams stick around for the White Sox much longer basically since 2012 Rick Hahn has been irrelevant he's been hiding for you know 11 years basically since then And Rick Hahn has won two playoff games in three playoff appearances. No. Yeah, two playoff games and two playoff appearances. One playoff win per playoff year that they had. And that's not good enough. They're the only team in the 2010s in Major League Baseball, besides them and the Seattle Mariners, are the only two that didn't make the playoffs at all in the entire decade of the 2010s. And Rick Hahn was the GM for most of it. Um, Kenny Williams had a lot of say we're learning for most of it. Um, it's just been a disgusting disgrace, and we're happy they're gone. The problem is, like I said, the rumors about who they're going to hire in their place, that's an issue. There is no reason that Chris Getz should be the general manager of the Chicago White Sox. None whatsoever. He's barely qualified. He, actually, I'll go as far as to say he's not qualified to have the job that he currently has, which is the assistant to the general manager and leader of player development. And I just am in no way, shape, or form somebody that believes that Getz should be the new GM of the White Sox. It would basically be hiring a worse version of Rick Hahn, in my opinion. And, you know, maybe Rick Hahn will go somewhere else and prove that he really was handcuffed by the Chicago White Sox organization because Jerry Reinsdorf was a shitty owner and Kenny Williams meddled where, you know, he shouldn't be. And there were just too many cooks in the kitchen. If Rick Hahn goes to another team where the owner is not a doofus and allows him to do what he's going to do, um, maybe we'll see trades like the Chris sale trade, like the um, Adam Eaton trade. And those will actually work out because the player development schemes will be better and they'll be allowed to spend money to supplement these players once they reach it to the big leagues. Um, uh, listen guys, there's a reason Moncada, Jimenez, Robert, all these guys, when they hit the major leagues, Giolito, cease, when they got there, they were great. There's no doubt about it. Moncada was awesome in 2019. He got MVP votes. And then, here we are in 2023 and everybody thinks Mankata sucks because he does. But is that the White Sox fault or is that Moncada's fault? I actually think it's a little bit of both. Mancada is not a true go getem type of player, but also that could just be the, you know, based on Eloy Jimenez's comments, it really does suggest that that could be just the culture of the White Sox. If the Red Sox would have hung on to Yohan Moncada, and he was the number one prospect, and they kept developing him, I truly believe he would be their starting second baseman right now Um, because they have Devers at third. They now have Story at short, which you never know if they sign Story uh, cause and effect, but um, I I do believe the White Sox have a serious internal problem, and that's not going to change unless they look outside of the organization. Um, I think now would be a great time for me to call the bullpen, um, there's somebody I have been meaning, wanting, begging to talk about this with for the last couple of days. Um, my co-host on the South Burbs Hitman podcast, Joe Mandel, I'm very excited to chat him up and see what he thinks of the, move what's that- up, buddy, White Sox. What is going on, Joseph?
1: A lot busy week in sports, man.
0: It is a busy week in sports. The team on your head is starting to make me a little worrisome too, with all the injuries they've had.
1: Yeah. You know, Such is life in Chicago.
0: Literally. But, Joe, we actually, outside of a couple text messages here and there, haven't been able to dissect with one another the moves that were made by the White Sox. Take me through your head now. You know, we're about 72 hours. No, I'm not good at math. However many hours we are removed from the announcement. It was about 5 o'clock Central Time on um, Tuesday night. Yep. Where are you at now? Not, not so much immediate reaction. You could go watch the South Burbs-Hitman immediate reaction with Joe Mandel and Mike North to get that. Now that you have some time to digest it, where are you at on this news?
1: I mean, I was happy when it happened, and uh, I'm still happy. But, like, this internal hiring stuff is the stuff that's starting to scare me. I, I, it's not, it better not be Chris Getz, like you were saying before I came on. Then there's only one other name internally – for a guy that was Ozzie Gian's prediction to be the next GM. And that's Jim Tomey. Um, again, is he qualified to be a GM at this point? I, I don't think so. I think he needs more time in the front office, not saying he's not a hall of famer because clearly Jim Tomey is one of the greats in baseball history. You got to go outside of the organization, Vinny. I don't think there's any way you can do this without doing that to change that culture. Pedro, talked about changing of culture right and they need to change the culture Keenan middleton his comments stirred up changing culture you don't do that by hiring somebody internally to be your next gm uh everyone's preaching the theo train would be great right but there's only one way you're getting theo to come out and do that and you got to offer him an ownership stake in the team I think and that's I the think, only way it happens.
0: I think that's something the White Sox should do, should consider. I mean, he's been in Chicago before. Um, I, I I really wouldn't settle if I'm the White Sox. I know Jerry Rensdorf doesn't care about, you know, taking this team to the next level like it's nothing more than a business to him but i mean john morosi today reported a couple potential candidates he mentioned gets who's the assistant gm and the top internal candidate i don't think there's any denying that gets is the top internal candidate which is exactly why Nobody internal should be considered at all. But he mentioned James Click, who is the architect of the defending World Series champion Houston Astros, and he's currently with the Toronto Blue Jays as a vice president of strategy. And then they have, he listed Preston Mattingly, who's a Phillies executive, and he's from Indiana, suggesting that there's a chance he grew up a White Sox fan. Um, are, do any of those names intrigue you, or are you just kind of like, I really want you know, this person or nobody?
1: I'm intrigued by all of those names that are outside of the org. I think they're all quality options. I think hiring internally would be the big, big mistake here. obviously there's a long way to go I know Jerry said I believe it Jerry said they'd figure this out by the end of the season um, yeah which I think is kind of a crazy accelerated timeline for this if I'm being honest um, but I would imagine that there'd be somebody in place by the start of next season probably before the winter meetings. But it's not, it better not be Chris Getz because uh, it's just more of the same. He's, he's, he's Han 2.0 and we don't need that.
0: Where do you think these reports come from? I mean, Bob Nightingale has basically lied through his, either lied through his teeth or is just a complete dummy. Uh, Pedro Grafal's returning next year. Uh, Tony LaRusso was hired as a consultant. Chris Getz is already confirmed to be the GM. None of those things have come true so far.
1: Yeah. And then not only did the uh, Tony Russo thing not end up not being true. uh, Ryan McGuffey retweeted it and then he came out and said, I found out this is not true. Like within like a beat. So yeah, Nightingale's not had a a great week. I don't know where he's getting his info from, but uh, I mean, obviously it's not Jerry, right? Usually it would be Jerry with Nightingale, but either that or they're just, putting feelers out there to get reactions on social media, <laughs> which, which is, is entirely possible.
0: It is possible. Not that anybody cares what I think or where I find my information, but my guy did confirm Tony Larusa thing is completely false. And, but he did say that the, um, what's it called? The Chris Getz thing could very well be possible, which is everybody's biggest fear. Um, I, may, I mean, listen, there's a world where he proves everybody wrong. Everybody's got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't get people praising the prospect development in the White Sox organization. I guess I guess you can say, and I'm trying to be fair to everybody, Chris Getz did nothing wrong to me, right? Like, he was a mediocre White Sox player. They traded him to the Royals, and he's finished with the Blue Jays. Like, whatever. I have no issues with Chris Getz, the person. He, The White Sox did successfully develop, in a lot of ways, a lot of the guys that we think stink today. They just didn't keep them successful. Mancado was awesome in 2019 and 2021. Eloy hit 30 home runs as a rookie. You know how hard it is to hit 30 run, home runs in general? Yeah. He did it as a rookie, and he missed 50 games in his rookie season. Like, mm-hmm. I I just – I think it's crazy that people act like the White Sox have had no development whatsoever. I mean, Andrew Vaughn, he had a good rookie season, and he's tapered off. Um Gavin Cheats, good rookie season, tapered off. It's like these guys get there with the knowledge that they have come to get in their minor league, and then they get to the big league level, stay for a while, and the loserness starts to rub off on them. And how much of that goes down Betts the orb? Fault. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly.
1: And and Vin, you you brought up Eloy, and I, and I and I gotta bring it up. The interview in the clubhouse with yesterday with Eloy, and then there was a separate one with TA. Obviously, I, I don't have the clip. I can't play the whole clip because it's, you know, it's an, I think it's NBC Sports or whatever. Disgusting. These guys, they're asking about the change in leadership. They're asking about the change in culture. And they could sound like they, they could have sounded like they would have been 800 million places other than where they were. They didn't care. Eloy had no energy. TA had no energy. Just tell me about your thoughts on that, Vin, because those interviews are disgusting to me.
0: I'm absolutely disgusted. I'm so disappointed in Eloy Jimenez specifically. I'm not really surprised that Tim Anderson, he's never really had like a a – I hate to say it, he's never really had like a winning attitude in baseball outside of the 2019 season when the whole change the game thing started. It did seem mm-hmm. like he was going to grab the bull by the horn there, but then he got so popular and he blew up so much. It kind of seemed like he started to get this like I'm the cool guy attitude, which he is a cool guy. I like Tim Anderson, but he never really struck me as the guy who's going to be the leader on this team. I thought Eloy Jimenez was going to be a voice on the White Sox for years and years to come. The way he acts on TV and he's waving to his mom and getting buckets of bubble gum pouring out on people. And the the thing with Luis Robert in the outfield. Yep, you got the bobblehead that proves it. I mean, he... Yeah, that's a real Eloy Jimenez line from an interview he did after a game. They didn't yeah, just pull exactly. that from nowhere. And he, he just has fallen off so hard. Like we said, the organizational stink has just even rubbed off on him. And it, it is truly sad. Um, I, I honestly think every player that's in that locker room has to be out and they have to start fresh. There's just no way that this ever turns into a winning product with that type of culture. There's just no way.
1: So in the offseason, Andrew Benatendi became the biggest White Sox contract in the history of the team, right? You think the guy would be a leader, maybe come forward, say something to the media. Nothing. Apparently, there was an in-locker room meeting after all this culture stuff. And apparently, according to various reports, Benatendi was the fire leader of it. True or not, how has this guy not talked to the media? I it blows my mind a little bit because they got to have I, I'm sure White Sox PRs and <laughs> is in the ear of some of these guys saying you guys got to talk to the media today
0: yeah it's a joke I mean Ben attendee his leadership ability has been a joke Um he does make the most money in the history of any player in team history in terms of overall contract value mm-hmm. um but then I think back to his days in Kansas City, New York, and Boston. Boston specifically, because that's where he had the most success. He was never that guy. You know, they had mm. when he they won the World Series in 2018, they had Mookie Betts and JD Martinez and Devers and Nunez and Mitch Moreland and Jackie Bradley Jr. and Chris Sale and David Price. But Andrew Benintendi was at the bottom of the totem pole when it came to yeah. that. And really because he's paid so much, people think of him as one of the better players on the White Sox. But really, he's like the seventh best player on a World Series championship team. He's getting yeah, he's paid average. absolutely fairly. He's a, he's getting paid like an average to slightly above average outfielder. And that's exactly what he is. People think because it's the richest contract in White Sox history, he has to be the best player in White Sox history. No, all the best players in White Sox history were underpaid. Um, mm-hmm. and most of the current elite players on the team are underpaid. Luis Robert Jr. is arguably the most talented player. Well, besides, I would say Frank Thomas was the most talented hitter in team history, but you know, everybody healthy for a full 162 for a five year span. Who you take it, Paul Canerco or Luis Robert Jr.? I personally would take Luis Robert Jr. It sucks to say because Paulie's a legend, but it's you know, maybe, it, yeah, yeah, maybe. Well, uh, And healthy and full 162 for five years. That's Not dogging it. Yeah, yeah. that's asking a lot. Um, yeah, and Polly gave 100% effort every single day. But Andrew Benatendi is exactly what he's always been. People who thought because he's making all this money he was going to be more, that's just not the case. He's the same player now that he was in Boston. And in Boston he wasn't a leader. He didn't need to be. Here he needs to be, but he isn't one. So expecting that of him, I'm really not all that surprised that we haven't heard from Benatendi much this season.
1: Yeah, if Jake Berger was here, we probably would have heard from him. But and that's another thing I wanted to bring up, Vin. Did you hear that about how Rick Hahn didn't want to trade Burger, but Kenny Williams wanted and traded? That's that's nuts.
0: Too many cooks in the kitchen, Joe. Too many cooks in the kitchen. It's like if we were to do this podcast with seven people, it just really wouldn't work all wouldn't that work. well. Like you you need there to be like continuity and the White Sox did say in their note when they fired Hahn and Williams that they were going to hire one single decision-maker. I think that line was important. I do think – I hope that's something that they stick to. But, you know, as of right now, I have no reason to believe that whatever – whoever that single decision-maker is is going to be the right one. I would love – if I could pick anyone, it would be Theo, right? Like, he's a legend. Boston doesn't win a World Series in 87 years or whatever it is, and then he comes to town. Yeah, he comes to Boston adopting the Billy Bean model, except on top of the Billy Bean model, they have the money to go pay Pedro Martinez and Kurt Schilling, right? Like that that's the difference between the A's and the Red Sox. You know, mm-hmm. Billy Bean would win a World Series in Boston too. He's a smart GM and he knows how to build the squad from the bottom up. But in Boston, he was allowed to supplement it, Theo was, and he did. And then they won two World Series with him and then they won two more with the foundation in place that theo left behind fast forward a little bit he comes to the cubs the cubs didn't even have a front office person answering the telephone when theo first got there and he's like no 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 no, oh we don't have good equipment down in spring training well what do you mean it's hard to get it from chicago to arizona where the chicago freaking cubs and they started building up this insane training facility in Arizona when they were down there for the cactus league and they had no problem hauling it back up to Chicago when they were done. And you know, they win the world series just five short years later or four short years later from when Theo got there. Um, And guess what? The Cubs are good right now. Jed's doing a great job. The players are doing a great job. David Ross, he has his critics and he has his lovers, but um, the Cubs for the most part right now, are built still on the foundation that Theo left behind. I know they went through a retool and he's not there anymore, but Jed Hoyer's doing all the same practices mm-hmm. that Theo left behind. So there's a long lasting effect even after they're gone, some of these guys. So uh, Theo's one of those guys. I do think it would be a little bit more for his third time around. Um, he would probably want a, a minority-owned like, stake in the team, but I don't know, man. It, it's one of those things like it's almost like if they don't hire him, I'm not going to trust that it'll work. Like, it's it's weird. I hope I'm wrong, but the the reports just seem so White Sox. Like, you're going to keep Griffal What? You just fired Han and they're not They're not
1: keeping Graffal. There's no
0: way. I hope I not. I would be stunned. I would, too, actually. But I, I also wouldn't. Joe, really? The White Sox doing something stupid would stun you?
1: Well, how do you bring in a new GM and say it's your team, and then you have to stick with the old guy? That's the just si- not –
0: the same guy that you don't think would do that forced Tony La Russa down his GM's throat. It's just the opposite.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: I hope you're right though. Please be right. Dear baseball gods, let Joe Mandel be correct. He's the wise we'll one. He is the wise one.
1: Oh yeah. I don't know about that. Uh, speaking of wise one, the Chicago white Sox fans are wise Vin. I don't know if this is still happening, but is the anti boycott happening today? Still?
0: I don't know. Is it today?
1: It was supposed to be today.
0: I have no idea. It's funny, though, because it's against the A's who did the original boycott earlier this right. season. Um, all I know is for tonight's game is that if the White Sox beat the A's, the A's are eliminated from postseason contention. <laughs> they have as if, as if they were going to have a shot. Anyway. Yeah, I know. I know. It's just I saw a tweet like they're mathematically eliminated if with their next loss are the A's
1: well, the Sox should be eliminated, but because their division sucks so bad, they're not.
0: Yeah, they probably won't be mathematically eliminated until the final two weeks of the season. Yeah, Which is disgustingly poor looking for the division. Central. Yeah. yeah. The Twins, don't sleep on the Twins in the playoffs. That's all I'll say this year. They haven't won a playoff game in 24 years. They've been swept in every series they've made it to, um, but the Yankees aren't going to make it this year. And I just have this odd feeling that, like, Once you're in, anybody can win. I do believe that. Once you're in, anybody can win. The NLCS last year was the Phillies and the Padres, two wildcard teams.
1: So... Did you see your boy La Cruz with six RBI and a homer in the first game yesterday? Hell
0: yeah. Hell yeah. I hope the Reds sneak in. I hope the Reds sneak in. I don't care whose spot they have to take. I don't care if they take the Cubs spot. I don't care if they take... They're not going to take the Phillies spot. I don't care if they take the Brewers spot. You know, I'm not... Bryce
1: Harper's freaking crushing the ball right now, dude.
0: I know. I know. He is. I, I think I actually, I think I'd rather the Marlins. I don't know. I want burger and the Reds to be in, but I don't have a love for the Marlins. It's just burger. Yeah. It's a pretty big love though.
1: Five years of club control for stupid trade.
0: Yeah. And all the prospects that have come to the white Sox have kind of stunk, including Jake eater. Who's, got arm talent there's no doubt and i think next year he could come in knowing he's in a fresh organization ton of pressure you know. on him
1: though
0: yeah there is there is and that's sad because it's not his fault
1: unnecessary pressure
0: yeah and i because you can't make
1: that deal without putting him in in the in the rotation yeah i don't think
0: how do you pronounce miami's gm's name kim ng
1: i think it's ing is it ing I believe it's ing. I'm not 100% sure, though.
0: I'm pretty sure Kim ing said on the radio in Miami, and the story didn't blow up the way it should have, that it was Kenny Williams who traded Jake Berger to the uh, Marlins. And then McGuffey kind of confirmed it a couple days ago. And I'm like, this is nasty, man. They had no communication. Han didn't want to trade Berger, but he was traded anyway. What is Han doing then anyway? What is he there for? And then... The story from David Kaplan. I'm about to publish it on Southside Showdown, and you know, probably within a half hour of this show ending, um, that's what I was working on right before we got in. David Kaplan said that Han wanted to resign a long time ago, and Jerry threatened him that if you resign with all those years left on your contract, I'm not giving you permission to speak to any other teams because that's how contracts work with GMs. And I'm like, what a complete doofus! You shoved Tony LaRusa down his throat. You didn't allow him to expand the roster by spending extra money on anything other than relievers, and then you're going to tell him he can't go to another team when the time is clearly right. He doesn't want Tony Larusa as the manager, and lo and behold, Tony. I hate when people say Tony Larusa came in and you know got the most out of this 2021 team. What? They stunk, kind of. They were under 500 against the non-division. Tony LaRusa sucked in 2021 just as much as he sucked in 2022.
1: Oh, big facts, Finn. You Disgusting. can't you can't talk about this team without stinking it up lately. It's a it's a giant circus act, I would say.
0: I know. And you nailed it right when you first came in. When I first heard the news, I was so excited. I was like, let's go. They fired Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams. I didn't even think they'd hire one of them, let alone both of them. There's and Rick and Kenny are. on
1: our screen right now.
0: Ah, oh, there you go. Where's Jerry? Oh, Jerry's in the back playing with a balloon. He's the ringmaster. Yeah. I mean, just... For those of you who aren't in on
1: the joke that are, are listening to the podcast, there are some circus clowns on the screen.
0: Yeah. Which I personally hope that Han goes to another team. That doesn't force Tony La Russa down his throat and gives him money to spend and allows him to finish off the rebuild that he started because the re and I'm not a Han guy at all. he stunk t- towards the end, but, but the rebuild did start off on a good foot. Nobody questioned it. yeah, they got all these great prospects for sale in Quintana and uh Eaton. you know the Todd Fraser trade was a bust. Blake Rutherford never became anything. Um, but I mean for the most part the prospects were good they had a top three farm system and they all started to come up and win together in 2020 and 2021 and then it just all went to shit once Jerry Reinstorf stuck his hand in the cookie jar
1: then can we talk about one elephant in the room that I have not even talked about with anybody yet and that's the fact that they made this decision after the trade deadline and oh, they let them God. make these moves what what, what's the thought process there? Why do you let him make those moves then?
0: That's just how you know it's a broken organization, Joe. Like, Fair. You, let him, you let him handle the trade deadline with his future vision in mind of competing next season. And then you fire him three weeks later. If you would have told right. me that they were going to fire Rick Hahn at the end of August after letting him do the trade deadline, like, they should have just fired him in mid-July. Or fired him in yeah. April after the ten game losing streak. Like there that is just that is just bad business. It just goes to show that nobody there knows what they're doing anymore. And I can't believe the trade deadline because a good GM in my opinion would have kept Burger. They would have kept that's pretty much the only one they traded that they would have kept, in my opinion. Uh, I didn't hate trading um Gilito Lynn, you know, whatever. Graveman, but you have to have a plan in mind. And the fact that they didn't trade Clevenger, how do you not trade Bummer? Like, there are so many pieces that they could have traded away for nothing, even just to let other guys come up and, you know, get their shot or have a vision in mind or something. Tell me you're going to succeed next year and then try. When Han told me they were trying to win next year after trading Giolito and Lynn and reynaldo lopez and joe kelly and graveman how can you look me in the eye and tell me you're trying to win next year after making those moves you just look like an idiot because you couldn't even win when those guys were here
1: yeah it's disgusting ben i uh i'm just happy those guys those clowns are gone and hopefully they don't make a clown decision after they're gone
0: yeah well i'm not really counting on it but at the same time I don't know. I I just want the White Sox to be good. I'm tired of White Sox. Twitter has become accessible. There's no doubt it's become accessible. Everybody's mean to each other. Um, I bought I contributed some money to the sell the team billboard and then the guy who does it shits on me on Twitter. You know, like, you know, if the one person Yeah. If one person could get me to like Nick Magical, it'd be the guy who wrote this article. Like, screw you, dude. I'm not supporting your content ever again. You could lick my ass. I did Uh, not know that. I I just – I don't get – and then he didn't respond when I was, like, calling him out, like, dude, why are you – what did I do to you? You know, I don't – I'm not unfriendly with any White Sox fans on Twitter. There are people who are a-holes, like, you know who. I don't have to get into detail on this one specific corner of White Sox Twitter. But, like, outside (laughs) of those guys – I have no beef with anybody. I didn't do anything to anybody. I try to be friendly with everyone. If you disagree with a baseball take of mine, that's fine. You don't have to hate me. I don't hate you. I think your take is clownish too, but I don't hate you. In fact, I support your content. If you're trying to get in the content game and put your name out there and make yourself known and build this into something, good for you. Just because I disagree that you think somebody might deserve to stay or you might like Tony LaRusso, like that's fine. Tony LaRusso is the greatest manager who ever lived. I didn't think he was that good with the White Sox. That doesn't mean, you know, you have that other idiot on Twitter who likes to send the same gif over and over again. Um, I'm not going no, to say any names. There's a few of those guys. I'm not going to yeah. say any names, but it has to do with the nationality that I am. Um, uh-huh. that, that kid's just all over the place. I'm like, dude, you like Tony LaRusso? I don't. That means I don't know anything about baseball. Like, what are you talking about? He was horrible with the White Sox. That's my opinion. But whatever. Just be nicer to people, White Sox Twitter. There's no reason Amen. to not be nice.
1: Did you see oh. the photo of Tony La Russa from last week?
0: Yeah, and you know what that was, Joe? That's not – that's Tony La Russa not dyeing his hair. He looked like that last year. He just doesn't dye his hair anymore. So, like, that guy was managing your team. That feeble – and I'm not ripping on Tony LaRusso. I wish him all the health in the world. I hope he lives for another 100 years. They, that was the guy managing the team last year. He just doesn't dye his hair anymore because he doesn't need to try and fool people into thinking he's a competent manager anymore. He's not a competent manager. He wasn't last year. The game has passed him by. And I feel bad because he clearly isn't in good health. He's an older man now. But no can't be involved in baseball anymore
1: i i have it here i'm pulling it up actually just so our viewers can see it
0: yeah he did a, it was an interview on tv with the st louis cardinals you know he was an all-time great manager with them i would say you know that's probably the team he had the most success with the st louis cardinals and he doesn't dye his hair anymore so he looks even older than he did last year so i mean people don't think that he grade that much in one year do they I think there are people that probably think that, but There's let me tell that you something for sure. When you're 78 years old, that's what your hair looks like unless you dye it. So, you know, I'm already getting gray hair. I would say, I would say one eighth of all my hair is gray, and I'm 28 years old. So when I'm 78, I promise you, that's what my hair is going to look like unless I dye it, as he did last year and the year before.
1: Well, and it was very evident that he dyed it too. His hair—I'm I'm like, my hair is not even that brown, man, or man, whatever it was last year.
0: Yeah, Tony LaRusa made like my our fifty and sixty-year-old dad's hair look old. My dad's yeah. bald, but he don't have hair. I'm probably not going <laughs> to have hair. I mean, maybe. My dad was completely bald by my age.
1: Well, look at that! I'm sure I'll lose you it won.
0: eventually. Yeah, I won that battle, but I don't you think I'm going to win the I've heard that before. That's the mom's side. The mom's father. I just
1: figured if your dad's got no hair and your mom's got hair. So just by default. But yes, you are technically correct as well for the genetic side.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's crazy. Just don't be mean to each other on Twitter, dude. What's the freaking White Sox? We all want them to win. We might disagree on how they we think they're going to get there. But once they get there, we're all going to be happy. Right. Yeah. Like there were Red Sox fans that didn't want them to sign J.D. Martinez in twenty eighteen. And there are people that did. Well, OK, you can argue about it all offseason long. Do you really have to hate each other for it? Because guess what? The Red Sox did sign J.D. Martinez. He had 30 bombs from them, came third in MVP voting that year. And they won the World Series. That's all we all yeah, want at the end out. of the day. So. I think it worked out. Yeah,
1: So we want to switch gears and talk about the other big story in baseball, Then,
0: Yeah, we can wrap up the show by talking about something that um, sucks. Joe, I, I was melancholy last night, and I woke up, and it was the first thing I thought about, honestly. It's like I'm so, so sad about the news. Of course, if you don't know, Shohei Otani of the Los Angeles Angels has torn his UCL in his elbow. And for those of you who don't know, the UCL is the ligament in the elbow that routinely is given Tommy John surgery. So Shohei Otani, who had Tommy John once before in 2018, is going to not pitch the rest of the season, and they're going to see whether or not they need the Tommy John. Um, but I believe he's probably going to end up having Tommy John surgery right when the season is over. And this is this is bad news, right? Awesome. Tom. Ohton- Otani, first of all, he's in, he's, was just about to enter the third act of the greatest season ever. He has an under, he's got a 3.14 ERA, I think, and 44 home runs. That just doesn't happen. A guy who could pitch and hit at a high level, especially. And now, not only is his free agency that he's about to hit probably going to take a hit because nobody's going to give, you know, a one-way player. A
1: hit may be the understatement of the century, Vin.
0: Like millions, like hundreds I of think, millions
1: of dollars. I think this co- will cost him $200 million at least. Yes. On that deal.
0: I agree. And Because he was I,
1: expected to get around 550,
0: right? Absolutely. I've always said the knee is my least favorite part of the human body. The elbow is so far, is so close in second place. Like, those two I mean, ligaments yeah. suck. If you hurt them, you're done. And Because
1: nobody's going to pay a hitter no. five fifty dollars for a mega deal. No. Not a hitter only.
0: No. Absolutely. Mike Trout this didn't make that couldn't come at much. a worse time. Judge didn't make that much. And Judge is a better hitter than Otani. Barely, but he is. Um, uh, it's sad, Joe. I almost cried last night. I'm not even kidding. I literally almost teared up. Like, he is going to miss out on 200 million extra dollars because of it. And his future as a two way player is now in jeopardy when he comes, oh, if he, if he has Tommy John, is he going to come back and pitch as well? It's not he won't pitch next year. No, he no won't way. pitch next year. He'll hit, he'll probably be their DH. Cause he did, he was their DH in 2020 and he was recovering from Tommy John, but he did, couldn't play in a, like a position. Um, but I, I really hope Otani gets to do both for at least one or two more years after Tommy John. But it's he will end his career as just a DH for sure. Um, the fact that we got four solid seasons of Otani as a pitcher and a hitter is special. I don't think it's ever going to happen again. I honestly think I'll live out my life and pass away before that ever happens again. Um, but I mean, it was it's really sad. I mean, that is a generational athlete not even baseball player athlete like imagine if every five games Connor mcdavid suited up and played goalie or if 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 justin fields also played corner you know that that's what the comparison is like to me and we're gonna miss watching him pitch it really sucks it's bad news and
1: and it was a double header first game this happened and then he plays in the second game and hits a home run it's like
0: He's unreal. Come on. He's, he's unreal. Unbelievable. And he's a sweetie too. Did you see the interaction with him and De La Cruz on the Bates pass? Oh, Dela yeah. Cruz, Dela Cruz, who's elite, just a phenomenon, touches him on the arm to make sure he's real. He's like, Are you real? He touches him and then Otani's making fun of the way he swung at his big uh, hit. Oh, just just a real genuine human being. I love that man, Otani. And
1: but, but this, this, we brought up the losing two hundred million off the contract. You know, is it in a strange way the mishandling of Otani by the Angels and the mishandling of Mike Trout, who also ended up on the I.L. today, um, again?
0: After a day after coming back.
1: A day after coming back, correct. Is it possible that the mishandling of Otani sets him up to be more likely to return to the Angels?
0: I would say the chance of him staying with the Angels has increased, yes. Because now, really up. now the New York Mets, the New York Yankees, the Boston Red Sox, the Chicago Cubs, the Seattle Mariners. I'm naming all the teams I think that have a chance at Otani. Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, you're going to think I'm crazy. Atlanta Braves. I'm Like, it's why wouldn't crazy. they throw the bank at him? Um and it wouldn't shock me if the Miami Marlins threw the bank at him. Um uh, I don't think that I think the Texas Rangers would had they not put a lot of money in DeGrom, Avaldi, all those guys. Um mm-hmm. but all no, those Scherzer. teams Yeah, now Scherzer, they probably all take a step back and evaluate things a little further. Like, yeah, you're getting this insane two way player that can pitch at a high level. He's probably a top five pitcher and I think he's the second best hitter in baseball, but he does both of them. So that makes him the overall best player ever. Not even just active. Uh, like who would you take in their prime? Babe Ruth or Otani? George, uh, Barry Bonds. It's hard or to, you can't
1: even compare.
0: Yeah, you can't. It's like, it's like if you took Chris sale in his prime and Frank mm-hmm. Thomas in his prime and put them yeah. in one player.
1: And It's wild because like, the parallels now between Babe Ruth and Otani are even stronger now because Babe Ruth did the same thing. You know, he pitched so long and then he, you know, his arm wasn't what it used to be. I, I don't know if there was an injury with Babe Ruth or not. I don't want to claim that there was, but he did eventually hang it up and then he just started hitting dingers, you know?
0: Yeah, it was the switch to the New York Yankees, if I recall my baseball history correctly. The Red Sox, he was just strictly a pitcher. But in those days you pitched one every three days. So he was able to hit a lot and he hit Dingers one every three days as a pitcher. Um and then when he went to the Yankees, he was really only a true two way player with the Yankees for two years. And then he switched to being a right fielder slash, you know, monster home run hitter. There was no D H at the time, even in the American league. So Yeah. Babe Ruth was I mean- also a fat, womenizing asshole. So Otani's not that. He's definitely not. Uh, but I think, I do think we can all agree that we're going
1: to look back and you and I are old men, Vin, and we're going to say that the Angels robbed the world of one of the most electric baseball players. Because I, I think we all know he probably won't be the same. He very well could be. He's a freak of nature. He might come back and be exactly the same. But this is the second time he's getting Tommy John. The first time. I don't it was the same it was the same UCL last time so this is the second time it's being repaired I don't know you don't know that he comes back the same but we do know that the angels they should have traded him at this point now obviously it looks that way and now they're going to let him walk unless for some reason he comes back
0: yeah, so I do think he'll hit 50 home runs this season. He needs six more. I think he has an outside chance at breaking the American League record set by Judge last year. Um, if like... he focuses primarily on hitting now, then I think he could have a chance to do that even more. Um, should they shut him down, Vin? Uh, see, yeah, that's that's a good conversation. I think it's possible they should shut him down. But at the same time, he's a free agent. They don't know if he's coming back. Why would they shut him down? Why would they end their ticket revenue of every single game he pitches? Their ratings are through the roof because every household in Japan watches the yeah. show Hey Otani starts and then or the at bats, whatever, they tune in for Otani and they sell more Otani merch than any other player in the league because of the international success. If he had five years left on his deal, then yeah, I absolutely would see the Angels doing something like that. But because of the current contract situation, what do they have to lose? They don't care. Angels screwed over Otani so bad. They did. They screwed over themselves and Otani so bad. So bad.
1: I I'd rather be a White
0: Sox it. fan than an Angels fan. Yeah. Absolutely. And they have cool merch, too. I have an Otani shirt and I have a couple Angels hats. They're a sick team. They're just assholes. Basically, from the top to bottom.
1: yeah it's it sucks i I knew for sure today you're gonna want to talk about this so that's why i'm like can we shit on the angels
0: yeah no (laughs) i'm always down to shit on the angels and praise otani um he's probably right there for my favorite player ever i've thoroughly enjoyed these last handful of years um there was a point where crosstown crosstalk was an otani show it wasn't a baseball show it was an otani show um yeah i always defend him um our pal Frank Mueller used to say that there's no way he does both for a long time. And boy, was he wrong? He said this in like 2018. There's no way he pitches and hits in the major leagues. There's no way. There's no way. There's no way. I'm like, dude, the fricking dude is a beast. I didn't think he'd get to this level where he's the second best hitter and top five pitcher. But I don't know. I think it's uh think it's a big deal we got some breaking news here in the sports world um the first thing we'll touch on I got this notification as well I didn't see the second thing you put but that sucks um the first thing is Steven Strasburg has retired from Major League Baseball um Steven Strasburg coming up while we're talking about Otani is very interesting because Strasburg dealt with some early career arm injuries as well I remember when he was first drafted it was right around like when I was in my middle high school years and I bought a trout Jersey before he played a single game and I had the Strasburg Harper fever as well. Oh, I was yeah. like all in on those three players, like and two of them were on the, I thought I would have bet my life. The angels would play the nationals in the world series. At some point, the nationals did end up getting one, not with Harper, but, um, with Strasburg for sure. And the dude was just a beast and they did shut him down. They shut him down twice. They were in first place and they shut him down a couple yep. times, knowing what he'd become. And it ended up working out in their favor because they did win the world series. But, um, you know, it's, that's what the difference between that and Otani is, um, the fact that he had years left on his deal and you knew he'd be a nat for a long time. Um, his career is clearly ending early because of injuries and whatnot. He, he, still firmly be in the league right now, like Scherzer and Verlander. talent, man. Yeah, Scherzer and Verlander, exactly. Those guys are still in the league, all the old guys. Strasburg is younger than them, so it's clearly an injury-related thing that he's retired, but it sucks. I'm happy the Nationals did get that World Series. I mean, Juan Soto was incredible that year. They had um, Anthony Rendon. I mean, it was just a dominating team. That's where our buddy Adam Eaton ended up. Yeah. Uh, I believe that's Kurt Suzuki as the catcher, too just an unreal team they were with strasburg and i wish him well in retirement the other news yeah. that sucks just as bad if not more wide receiver jerry judy carted off with a hamstring injury from the denver broncos what's that all about
1: yeah so this just broke a little while ago i guess during practice uh they had to take him off in a in a cart he held his right right leg just above the knee while riding in the cart he could put he said he couldn't put any weight on it and they helped him in the locker room. So now his uh, availability for the regular season start here and on September 10th is obviously in jeopardy Vin. Um, obviously new look team, Sean Payton the coach there and of course Russell Wilson still the quarterback. Uh, Judy was, you know, arguably one of Wilson's favorite targets, so uh, this could be a really big loss for for them if it's his bad as it seems, if you can't put any weight on it, it feels a lot like the whole magical torn hamstring stuff. So uh, I know I'm speculating, but I hope, I hope that's not the case.
0: Yeah. I hope that's not the case either. I actually planned on trying to make him a, a fantasy steal in the middle rounds. Cause I think, I do think yeah. the Broncos are going to be improved. They're certainly not going to pass up the chiefs or the chargers in their division, but um, I don't know, maybe the Raiders will end up being better than them now too. Certainly possible. Yeah,
1: and 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 this is another reason I'll use the platform, Vin, on your show. As a fantasy commissioner, you cannot have your draft before the end of the preseason. It's yeah, just it. something you should not do because I know a lot of people that had drafts yesterday, had drafts last week. I guarantee you, Judy was taken probably, like you said, in the sixth, seventh round, mm-hmm. and people might have to stick with him on the IL for – Sorry, whatever they call it now in, in in football. It's been called so many different things. Um what is it? Injured lit, re, injured yeah, reserve, I think, IR? I think it's
0: injured reserve in football. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, that really does suck. But the first quote when someone asked me if I want to be um if I want to be in their fantasy league, the first question is always when's your draft? Oh, it's August 20th. No, thank you. No thanks. Yeah. It has to be the weekend of Labor Day is basically the only weekend it's truly acceptable.
1: It's funny you bring that up, Vin. we can use this also to promote that on, <laughs> on Labor, Labor Day. Day. We will be having the Barroom Network Fantasy Draft being got streamed live here on this network, taking the place of South Burb Sitmen. There will be no South Burb Sitmen that night. So uh, join us for some fun. We'll talk some football and uh, just have a lot of fun
0: yeah i have three drafts that day so nice i have a family one i have two family ones one on katie's side one on my side and then bar room network one at night and i go to a labor day parade in the morning and then from that day that moment on i'm doing fantasy drafts all day so it's a big football day for me for the love of the game baby it's true. It's fun. I'm reading an, uh, a post that just popped up on my phone. Buster only wrote an article for ESPN Plus about how how Otani might not be a 500 million dollar man anymore, and it really makes me want to cry.
1: It's true. It's, it's I've really never sad. rooted.
0: I've never rooted for someone to get that much money. For the most part, I don't care if people get that much money. Like, that's a lot of money. Like a hundred million dollars is a lot of money, but. Um, I wanted it for Otani so bad. It sucks. My whole week yeah, is the, rude.
1: The angels did him so dirty and, uh, I can't dislike them enough.
0: Absolutely. I agree. All right, Joseph, <laughs> this has been a nice little hour long episode of crosstown. I thought it was going to be 20 minutes. Um, is there anything else yeah. you want to get off your chest before we head on out of here?
1: I don't think so, man. I got, the the first Thursday night football of the season on Amazon tonight. It's preseason, but hey, it's something to watch.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It'll be on my TV. There's no doubt about it. Um, The White Sox are off. It might be on my TV. Even if the White Sox were on, the White Sox probably be relegated to either the little TV or the laptop if they were on, but they're not. So that'll be on. Um, I hope everybody enjoys it. Hockey's coming up. Bardown's getting going to get hot as well. So, and then the next time you see me and Joe on the airwaves of Uh, The Barroom Network, unless somebody big dies, will be Monday night. (laughs) (laughs) Will be Monday night at the South Burm Zitman. So make sure you tune into that. I hope everybody enjoyed the program. You're doing
1: a show tonight, aren't you? Sorry not to cut you off.
0: I'm not. I'm not. I couldn't make it tonight. I I talked with those guys, Bears Country Podcast. I love them very much. Um, I am going to get back on with them relatively soon, though. I'm in touch with the guys over there. So we're going to come up with another Thursday that – I can go on and do the full two and a half, three hours or whatever. So it would have been a very short show today if I were – I'm like, I'm going to give these guys – I want to give them the time of day that they deserve. So in a couple weeks, I'll be on for sure. Hell, yeah, man. Love it. Yeah. Make sure you go check those guys out. Bear Country Podcast. Type it in on YouTube. Foster and the dudes, they they are sick. I love it. So um, for everybody who tuned in in the chat, for everybody watching, listening on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, everything – Uh, You could get a podcast. Thank you so much. We will see you later on Monday night, South Burb Sitman. The rest of the great shows here at the Barroom Network. As always, thank you for listening. Another happy landing.